We meet today in Psalms chapter 49 and chapter 50. Psalm 49 actually talks of the end of those who boast themselves in the riches. Psalm 49 also concludes the first segment of the Exodus section of the Psalms. We have seen the vindication of God's ways in connection with the wicked and the righteous. We have seen that God leads his people who are away from him out of the land. He has made known his intention of bringing his own to himself and keeping them during the time of the great trouble, just as he brought his people out of the land of Egypt when they were in bondage under the dictator Pharaoh. Psalm 49 is designed to contrast the ways of God in dealing with the wicked and the righteousness. It does not exactly philosophize about the uncertainty of riches, the shortness of life. It is not just a sweet little dissertation which bids us bear bravely our perils and our sufferings and tells us that virtue is its own reward and that justice will triumph at the end. No, rather this psalm shows us not only the vanity of riches, but the end of those who boast themselves in riches. This psalm may sound a bit revolutionary to you, according to the thinking of people today, but it is one that should be given special consideration in the days in which we live. So it has a special application to you and me. Psalm 49 verse 1 to verse 4 says, Hear this, all you people. Give ear, all you inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Now, what the psalmist is doing in this psalm, and will also do even in the next psalm, is issuing a call to God's creatures to hear. The call is hear. We are to see this same thing when we come to the first chapter of Isaiah. You will recall that when the Lord was ready to put his people in the land which he had promised, he called heaven and earth to witness that he was not only giving his people the land, but the conditions under which he was giving it to them. He used the form of a song, Give ear, all you heavens, and I will speak and hear. O earth, the words of my mouth. Now, we find that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1, this is the beginning of the song of Moses. In this song, God calls heaven and earth to witness the conditions under which he was putting them in the land. At least 800 years later, God is ready to put his people out of the land because of their sin. Again, in the book of Isaiah, God calls heaven and earth to witness that putting his people out of the land is just and righteous. That is Isaiah 1 verse 2. 
Now here is God's call to hear something that may be troubling you also. And it begins with a question. Psalm 49 verse 5. Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity of my hills shall surround me? Immediately you wonder who is asking the question. Is it the psalmist? Or is this question asked by the self-confident rich person? Perhaps it is asked by the righteous who suffer unjustly at the hands of the wicked. Or it is asked by the people today who are in want. I believe it is the question of a poor man. The question is, why does God permit them to get by with so much? Why doesn't God do something about it? Let's see what this psalm has to say about this very subject. Psalm 49, verse 6 and 7. Those who trust in their wealth and boast themselves in multitudes of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. That is revolutionary now. No matter how rich a person is, he cannot buy salvation. <laughs> no matter how a, a person may be rich, no matter how exalted you may be, you cannot buy your own salvation. That same person and I go to the counter for salvation. I have nothing with which to buy salvation. The rich man has money, but he cannot buy with it. We are both on the same path. The rich man is excluded from redemption if he is deluded into thinking that he can buy salvation. Or if he is deluded to think that he can do something or even give something to obtain his salvation. Romans 4 verse 5 tells, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Now we come to the parenthesis in this particular psalm. Psalm 49 verse 8. For the redemption of their soul is costly, and it shall cease forever. You see, they don't have enough money to buy their salvation. No one has enough money to buy his salvation. Even if someone was to own and say all the wealth that is there in the world is his, that still will not be enough money. It will still not be enough resources to buy your salvation. Psalm 49 verse 9, that he should still live eternally and not see the pit. You see, those who are rich will die just like everyone else. I think it was on the basis of this psalm that the Lord Jesus gave the parable about the rich man and Lazarus, the poor man, as recorded in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 26. My friend, no man, regardless of how rich he is, can redeem his brother, he can redeem his soul, can redeem another person so that that person can have eternal life. No one can. Psalm 49 verse 10. For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. 
this is again would have required a sila, the word sila. Think, look, stop, observe, meditate. I don't care who you are or how much wealth you have accumulated. Someday you will die and leave it all behind. You can take all your treasures and put them in a safety deposit box or in a vault or bury them in the earth. You can say, this is mine. Nobody can take it away from me. You are right. No one can take it away from you. But there is someone who can take you away from it. Think about it. He is the Lord. One day death will knock at your door and at that time you will be as poor as anyone. As the old saying puts it, there is no pocket in the shroud. There is no pocket in your grave clothes. No. My friend, you may be rich while you are here on earth, but you cannot buy salvation, nor can you extend your life on the earth forever. Someday you will have to live, and that bundle you made here will have to stay. That is one reason we encourage Christians to leave what they have accumulated to something that causes the word of God to be spread and even to make sure that the needy hearts have seen the love of God. That is what is important. Don't just gather things for the sake of your name. Even if you will hold on to them, God will take you away from the things that you have accumulated for yourself. Psalm 49 verse 11 says, Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Well, many people try to perpetuate their names, isn't it? The point is that a name on a building, on an institution, or even a ministry doesn't mean much. One of these days, the buildings or the institutions are going to come down and the individual will be forgotten. Psalm 49 verse 12, Nevertheless, Man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beast that perish. You see, men who have held high positions will go into the grave and return to the dust just like everyone else. This is a very strong saying to the rich, to those in power, to those in authority. Psalm 49 verse 13 says, This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Sila. Oh, that word has come again. Sila. Stop. Look. Think. Observe. Meditate. Now here is a very interesting expression that follows. Psalm 49 verse 14. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them. In the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave, far from their dwellings. Wonderful words here. The word grave in verse 14 actually is Sheol, or the world of the dead. The rich, like sheep, are laid in Sheol. And the literal rendering is, death is their shepherd. They will be looked after by death. 
In contrast to this, David said, The Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23 verse 1. And he is life. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. First John chapter 5 verse 12. You see, the false shepherd is death. Death shall feed on them. That is interesting. A shepherd should feed his sheep, but there is a shepherd who is eating his sheep. We are also told that their beauty shall be consumed in the grave, or that is in Sheol, from their dwelling. A person may spend a fortune in a beauty parlor. I tell you, they do so much today. A person may put on all kinds of lotions, powders, and creams, but what they look like, after a few years in the grave, is not a pretty sight. Death is not a beautiful thing by any means. But there is hope for the child of God. And listen to that statement. And the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. This is talking of resurrection. While the wicked will be eaten by death forever, the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And the morning that is talked about here is the resurrection. When the dead in Christ will be raised to life eternal. Psalm 49 verse 15 tells us, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, O Sheol, for he shall receive me, Selah. Selah indicates a pause at this point so that you can think over what you have read. God alone is able to redeem your soul. Think about it. The important thing in life, in this life, is not whether you are rich or poor. In the final analysis, when you move out into eternity, the important thing is whether or not you are redeemed, whether or not you are a child of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Psalm 49 verse 16 tells us, Do not be afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. You see, my friend, people today are getting away with murder and with adultery and with all kinds of evil. And the same people are even elected to office. They become prominent people. They take responsible offices. Poor people are not getting a just deal in this world. You see, but I cast my lot with the Lord Jesus Christ because he is going to judge the poor in righteousness. Someday I know I am going to get a fair deal because he will judge in righteousness. Take heart, my friend. Psalm 49, verse 17 to verse 20 tells us, For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself, for men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor, yet does not understand, is like the beast that perishes. That is something that calls for our serious thought. And this is an interesting passage. We hear a great deal today about the theory that man has evolved from beasts and animals 
the fact of the matter is that the Bible teaches the opposite. God created man in an upright position. God created man in his image. Man fell. We now move to Psalm chapter 50. It is a psalm of judgment. This is the first psalm actually of Asaph, a musician and one of the three song leaders in the temple. There was Haman, Asaph and Ethan, uh, all of these three. This now psalm we have before us is a great psalm of judgment. It reveals God coming in righteousness to judge his people and to judge the wicked. Psalm 50, verse 1 to verse 3. The mighty one, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come. And shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour him. And it shall be very tempestuous round about him. You see, this is the introduction to the psalm. And this introduction proclaims that the mighty God is coming. What a glorious anticipation this should be for the child of God. Someday we shall see our Lord. That is the prospect of every child of God. Psalm 50 verse 4, he shall call to the heavens from above and the earth that he may judge his people. When God is getting ready to judge, he wants plenty of witnesses to be there to make sure that he is righteous in all that he does. So he says in verse 5, gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. You see, those saints who have made a covenant with God by sacrifice are the Jews, the children of Israel. Psalm 50 verse 6. Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Selah. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming to judge, for the Father does not judge any man, but he has committed all judgment to the Son. John 5 verse 22. So Jesus himself will come and judge. Psalm 50, verse 7. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Now, if you had lived in Jerusalem when the temple was there and people worshipped in it, you probably would have asked, Lord, are you criticizing these people? They come regularly to the temple, which is the equivalent of what we do every Sunday morning and evening service and prayer meetings during the week or whatever. The, these people are busy as termites, serving around the temple. Sure, they were doing so. But just going to church is not the most important thing. Of course it is important, but it will not establish a relationship with God. You had better establish that relationship through Christ so that your church going can be a pleasing event to God. God would be pleased when first of all you have a relationship with him and then you go to church. Psalm 50 verse 8 to verse 10 says, I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house nor goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. God says, 
did you think you were giving me something when you brought sacrifices to me? Why all the animals belong to me? Why all the animals belong to me? Now, this reminds us of the words of Jeremiah the prophet. In Jeremiah 7 verse 22 and verse 23 we read, For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. The prophet Micah said something similar in, in Micah chapter 6, verse 6 to verse 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. You see, God had shown them they were to walk justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly before God. That is what was needed, not simply bringing offerings. Psalm 50 verse 12 says, If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and its fullness. This is very strong coming from God. If the creator were hungry, he certainly would not need to tell the creature about it. He would simply find what he needs. Psalm 50 verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. You see, God is asking his people to come to him. But God intends to judge the wicked. So he says, I didn't intend to let you get by with sin. Psalm 50 Verse 21 to verse 22. These things you have done, and I kept silence. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this. You will forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver you. My friend, God is not speaking only to Israel. He is speaking to us even in our day. He unmasks hypocrisy. Because God is silent does not mean that he approves sin. He approves hypocrisy. No, there is a day of reckoning that is coming. And he says, I will rebuke you and set them. That means your sins in order before our eyes. God never ceases to be gracious. The way of salvation is also mentioned. Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him that orders his conduct right, I will show the salvation of God. To him who orders his conduct, meaning his ways are right, that person who confesses his sin to God, God will show his way of salvation. And that is the way out for all of us. We have to Bring our sin before God and confess it 
and God will show us a way of salvation. And that way of salvation is the pardon that we receive through faith in Jesus Christ. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.